Hello and welcome back to HCS Weekly. I thought, yo, this is my life. I have to go pro with Halo. In my head, thought that that was more efficient, and I guess I was right. He was like the god. We would have to two v one, like just to beat this guy. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Dude. I was trying to reach you. Like, see you guys later. A lot of Halo in my life, man. It's been a, it's been a fun journey. I love it. All right, guys, that closes our trick jumps. That closes our news for the week. I'm so excited to bring our next guest on. And give me one sec here. I got I got a little list of uh, of just the accolades here. We have an esports host and commentator, Omen by HP Partner, commentator for NBC's Titan Games, a global icon and national treasure. Welcome, Golden Boy, to HCS Weekly. Hello. <laughs> How's it going, man? Good, good. Just chilling, hanging out, listening you, you, to the news. You know? Yeah, and I mean, you were away at G4G all weekend. You were streaming the whole time. Six hundred thirty-seven thousand dollars raised overall. Like, did you sleep at all over the weekend? How are you feeling just coming off of that? Ah, uh, man, uh, a little bit. Uh, you know, like we we all just kind of got together. I, I wasn't I wasn't living my best life like like Bravo was. Bravo was in the the sauna pretty much yeah. every day. It was impressive, honestly. It really was. And uh, but. I, I, we were having a really good time there. Gamers Giving is always such a fun event. The community is always fantastic. And yeah, I mean, raise a lot of money for the kids. So I think uh, I think overall it was a, a successful weekend. Yeah, yeah. And I love how it ended with the uh, the cereal contest, too. Well, we'll get into the, the cereal okay. contest later, but I had a lot of fun watching that. <laughs> but um, but on top of that, though, I just I, I wanted to thank you for even just taking the time to come on, man, because I, I remember talking to you at the HCS Invitational. And yeah. I, I said, I would love to have you on the show. And you're like, sure, let me just check my schedule. You pull out your phone and I get a peek at your phone and you are scheduled down to the hour, man. You're a busy guy. You've got yeah. it completely locked in. So I just I appreciate you somehow found the time to, to squeeze me in there. Oh, no, dude. I mean, look, uh, I, I think it's kind of like this this uh, misconception, you know, because I remember like when I first started uh, doing Halo stuff and it was like around, you know, well, I wouldn't say first started, but it was around like, you know, H2A and, and MCC. And there was like, you know, this like big resurgence of Halo. And 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 right. even like when I made the thing like Halo Esports is back and, you know, like they had the, you know, like the music and everything. <laughs> yeah. I'll never forget that. Like, really, it stands in my mind. And, you know, I, I think like a lot of people always had this like misconception that I was uh, doing Halo for like the money and stuff. But like the reality is like I just I've loved Halo my entire life. Uh, anything that I could do for Halo and for the community, I will I will always try to do. And uh, and when you reached out to me about it, I was like, yeah, sure. And plus you had Walshy on it, which I figured that yeah. you were really digging uh, low for guests. So oh. I thought that, you know, you, you needed some quality <laughs> and that's why I decided to come on to the show. All right, all right. That 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 makes sense right there. We'll we'll talk about the the Walsh versus Golden Boy as well because there's a whole rivalry here that came out of nowhere that I want to know about. So uh, so yeah. Now you can one up him. You came on afterwards. He he's he set right. the bar set the bar low apparently. So you, you don't have <laughs> you don't have too much to 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 work on here. But you are a busy guy, and you're not just cast in Halo. You started in COD. You, you did Gears as well, Overwatch League, Fortnite. I'm sure I'm missing a couple games. And then you jumped over to NBC's Titan Games as well. Uh, you're an all-star, and your what face is all over Twitch as well. Um, but let's rewind all the way back, man. I want to know how it all began, and how did you transition from a kid discovering video games to wanting to build a career around them? And then how did you first get into casting? Yeah, uh, it's, a, it's a great question. So, uh, you know, where my passion for video games, I guess it, it's always been there since I was a kid, uh, mostly because of my brother. Um, my brother was a, you know, just a huge gamer. 
uh, owned his uh, Super Nintendo, and I would try and like sneak in like sessions so I could play on his uh, SNES. I would always delete his files. <laughs> I no regrets, so it was totally worth it. And you know, like like that that kind of like passion for it, like it was always just something that I just knew that I always wanted to do. Yeah. Um, and 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 I remember getting my first issue of EGM magazine, uh, uh, paper, EGM. you know, magazine. It was uh, that, Nintendo Power for me. I got yeah. paper Nintendo Power magazines. That was yeah, I remember when when we read paper. That was crazy, man. Yeah. How do we oh, do man, that? Way back when. Uh, <laughs> way back in the day. <laughs> um, but yeah, the uh, so the the whole thing was, you know, like reading EGM magazines, and I would always see E3, and it was always like a dream of like, hey, this is like what I want to do for the rest of my life. I just want to work in video games in any way possible. So I knew like, you know, competitive gaming wasn't really a thing, but I was into it, but I didn't know if a lot of people really cared about it. So I would start like my own blogs and I'd start my own like websites and post up articles and stuff. It was just like, you know, the things that I was like trying to do because I was so passionate Are um, old, about uh, it. Are there old Golden Boy blogs somewhere on the internet? No, a lot of them ended up getting deactivated because oh, okay. they were like websites that don't exist anymore, you know, or like names that I, I simply just do not remember. Uh, so like, you know, I, I'm sure I could find like one or two of them if I really, really looked hard enough. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. And then, you know, the way I got into casting really was, or getting into all this was I was a, I was a competitor in Call of Duty, as you had mentioned before. Right. Um, and when I kind of like hit that wall, I was married at a full-time job. I worked like, you know, nine to five, but sometimes I'd work eight to eight, uh, every day. And I just didn't have time to put toward competing anymore. Uh, so I decided to call it quits. But I still wanted to remain involved. And then uh, I ended up getting hit up by Nexi, who uh, used to work for MLG. He was producing the Call of Duty events at the time. And he was like, hey, man, you know, I know you were coming to Rhode Island because it was really close, uh, which I was. I was going to do like an Uncharted uh, multiplayer event with them because I was yeah. the only person they knew that played Uncharted. <laughs> and um, and it was like, listen, you know, uh, our commentator can't make it. Uh, are you are you willing are you willing to come through? And I was like, yeah, sure, you know, I'll do it. And then I was like, hey, am I, am I going to get paid for this? And the guy was like, yeah, yeah, of course, man, you're going to get paid. I was like, get out of here, that's incredible, <laughs> I can't believe it. Yeah. So I got paid and I did my first Call of Duty event, but I was like, dude, I was like over the wall, like just so excited. I didn't, even, I asked only because I was like, it's a long time, like should I? Is that inappropriate to ask right. for it? You know, like and and what a what a time that it is, you know, because it's like, geez, it's been such a wild rides since then and ever since yeah i've just kept kept casting right and I, I guess you were kind of in the right place at the right time too because mlg was just start was starting you were getting into call of duty and i, I guess a lot of the people that you were close friends with like chris puckett and, and fwiz and all these individuals are massive now massive successes as well yeah 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 they're they're, they're incredible uh you know i learned a lot and i had the the pleasure of casting with Corey dunn who is like an esports legend? I mean, this guy—he's right now uh, heading up the Arlington Esports Arena in Texas. Wow! And he, this guy has one of the premier CS casters at one point, an incredible person, a good friend of mine. And I had the opportunity to commentate with him, right? So not many people get that get that opportunity, and 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 it was it truly was like a, just a, a blessing, really. Right. And on top of that, I, I didn't think to even ask this question, but you brought it up is just uh, how much of an influence your wife has had on your passion, your career here. Because I actually remember watching an older interview with you and, and one of the, uh, the the person interviewing you asked like kind of where uh, or, or one, of, one of the things that you really value. And I, I think you brought up your wife and how she she really supports what you do. And yeah. that, that seems like so you must have been pretty young, I guess, when you got married and just like you guys have been really close for a long time. Tell me a bit about that. 
Yeah. Uh, well, I got married when I was 20 and I'm 31 ah, okay, uh, yeah. now. So, you know, I, I've been I've been married for 10 years. And and, and yeah, I mean, she she's been such a, a huge inspiration to me. And, and and also she is, you know, my my worst enemy, but also my greatest <laughs> ally. Yeah. Uh, and, and it really helps out a lot, um, you know, to like really to, to kind of keep you like leveled. I think that uh, one of the common uh, pitfalls in, in esports and in just in gaming in general in this industry are a lot of people really don't know, like, hey, you know, like, just just be humble, right? Like, this is incredible. Don't take it for granted. A yeah. lot of people yeah. don't uh, don't think about that. So I, I'm lucky to have a wife that keeps me grounded that when I'm casting, yeah. she's like, you use this word too many times or wow. you should do this a little bit better or you should you know, change your posture, you, wow. you know, and like little things like that. And, you know, maybe for some people, they'd be like, man, she, you know, she's really hard on you. But it's it's like she just wants me to be the best version because she knows that that's what I care about, too. You know, just just yeah. simply trying to be the best I possibly can be. I actually think that's that's pretty amazing. And uh, that's that's a pretty important part that I, I wish I had a, a woman in my life who would do the same thing for me, man. That's you found somebody special for sure. I'm but very lucky. Even yeah, because like, for me, it's like, okay, at, at least let her have an interest in video games. And then you, she can kind of just, you know, not care about the rest well, of it. Well, she just, does. She does. Yeah, but actually. she's invested, too, and she's yeah. giving you feedback. I think that's pretty incredible. So Yeah. Uh, she's a Halo Reach player, though. We all have our own afflictions. <laughs> okay. We all have our own afflictions. It's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man, uh, don't even get me started with video games. It's uh, it's been an addiction and a passion. For well, everybody. it's mostly her passion for Halo Reach is is uh, unrealistic and unnecessary in Why? this household. Because I am not a Halo it's Reach coming fan. Back. She's gonna, you're not a Halo Reach fan. Oh, no, not at this all. Is the, this is the year of Halo Reach. You can't not be a Halo Reach fan now. Yeah, and I don't gotta... understand why. Like, why are we why are we subjecting <laughs> ourselves to this to this this game? You know, I went to sketch and I was like, I looked him in the eye and I said, Reach, bro. And he looks at me, he's like, yeah, bro, get over it. I was like, come on, dude, that's not fair, you know? Anyway. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know either, to be honest. But apparently there's actually a cult following of, of Reach players who are putting up with 30 FPS and terrible internet lag on their Xbox My 360. My wife is one of those people. Have, they have been grinding and grinding, and this is their moment. So they are, they're just in, it's a triumphant moment for them right now. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> yeah my, my wife is one of those people that there you go. She plays Halo Reach, uh, like weekly, I would say. And I'm like, she's like, let's play Reach. I said, no, how? How do you do this? Like, I, I 30 FPS? Are you, are you kidding me? Like, this is yeah, exactly. on our giant TV in the living room. It's horrible. Oh, my God. Dude. So so forget the Golden Boy versus Walshy 1v1. I want the Golden Boy getting smacked down by his wife on uh, live television. Oh, and she has this one picture. One picture <laughs> of her getting more kills than me in a game of Slayer. Uh, time. And she never used forget. She parades it around everywhere yeah. and she posts on Twitter. It's horrible. It's this is my life. This is this is my yeah. life. Not yeah. fair. Well, I mean, at some point along the journey in your life here, you became a global icon, or I guess you you had the line, global icon, national treasure. Where where did this come from? Because it's actually starting to become a reality now. Uh, <laughs> so uh, where the global icon thing uh, came from was uh, I. So, okay, so I, I'm a huge pro wrestling fan, and okay. I was uh, watching the uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin, uh, or I was listening, excuse me, to the Stone Cold Steve Austin podcast. Um, and he was telling this story about how he had to go to, um, I think it was to, like, Walgreens or something like that. He had to pick up some feminine products for, okay. for, his, for his, uh, his girlfriend, I think, or his wife. I forget who it was. But he's sitting on this line, 
and or he's standing on this line, I should say, excuse me, and uh, I'm jumbling this story up. So he's standing on this line and, and he's like, here I am, a global icon and a national treasure about to buy some tampons, you know, and, it, <laughs> and I thought and I thought that was like so funny because yeah. it's like he is he's Stone Cold Steve Austin. He is like Man, huge, literally. right? Like yeah. He's the one. So uh, when I was at Twitch, um, Twitch had a tendency to hire, uh, you know, like professional or like individuals that came from the industry came from the space right commentators right. streamers and stuff uh helped a lot with networking and, and whatnot so i think we had a lot of people who had like some very boisterous personalities uh right. within the twitch offices so I, i'm not really one of those people like all, all jokes aside i'm really not sure. and and then one day you know i just uh I, I just came in and one of my colleagues uh he asked me to do something for him and i was like bro i'm a global icon and a national treasure I'm not, I'm not doing this, you know? And, and yeah. he just looks at me and he's like, okay. You know? And then, and then I don't end up doing the task that he asked me to do. Right. right? And you're global icon, national treasure. Yeah. I mean, and then like, and then someone heard it and then they were like, yo, did you just, did you just tell me that you're a global icon? I was like, yeah, I am. You know? And I just like owned it up. Like it was like joking and stuff. And then it kind of just like stuck. And then I would like go around the offices and I would just yell that every time. And it yeah. just became like a thing that people knew. And then I started uh, saying it at events. And then, you know, I think uh, uh, me and Walshie's fun banter kind of like bled into that, uh -huh. uh, you know, and, and made it like that much easier for me to to fully invest myself in the character of being a global icon and national treasure. Yeah, I, I think it's kind of in subtle ways kind of crafted who you are, though, right? Because you said you're not really that type of person. But when you put that name in your Twitter, regardless of whether or not you think you're that person, you're going to slowly start to become that global icon and national treasure. You know what I mean? It's like faking it till you make it, fake it till you become it, basically. You, you say it over and over, and then you, next thing you know, you're, you're actually speaking it into existence. So I, I think... Uh, yeah. It ended up being a very smart tactic, even though you probably didn't think of it at the time. Definitely like, did it's it. It's just a joke. Yeah, but it's, it, man, I, I totally appreciate it. And I think more people should try to maintain some sort of a mindset like that, of course, within yeah. reason. You don't want to get too cocky, but uh, but I think it's helpful. Yeah, for sure. yeah. it's fun. So, it's fun. Yeah, yeah. And, and not only are you known as a, a global icon, national treasure, and uh, I'm going to try to paint this picture. Tony, you can roll the clip in the background, but it's uh, MLG Anaheim 2014, Game 3, Optic versus Envious. The camera pans away from the players out into the audience for a moment that is now forever etched into gaming history is revealed what we now know as the what face, which you're going to see right here. <laughs> <laughs> That's the moment right there. That the what face is revealed. 2014. Call of Duty, somebody puts a camera on you and you make that face. Did you have any idea that your face was going to turn into this Twitch emote? And, and who did this? Do you have any idea who did it? Uh, yeah, actually, uh, I know exactly what it is. Uh, Corey Dunn, uh, my, my, my friend who I commentated with, is actually the director for those Call of Duty streams. And, and funny enough, that event um, was, was very interesting because I was, I was a Call of Duty caster at the time. Uh -huh. And uh, but that event, I was working for IPL or I or I was like ending my time with IGM Pro League and the IGM Pro League were kind of like butting heads with Major League Gaming. But I was there with GameSpot. GameSpot had hired me to go and be like a reporter on site. Okay. Um, so I wasn't allowed to, to cast and stuff. Uh, but, you know, Corey saw me in the crowd and then just decided to do like one of those like, oh, look who's in the crowd. Right. right. And, then, you know, people started like cheering and stuff. And then I did Everybody the face. Cast, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, and then and then funny enough uh, was that the, um, the 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 face actually is something me and my wife like do all the time. Like, wow. Yeah. It's, it's just it's connected to her. Like we we always like make that face whenever it's like 
you know, you want to wake up in the morning and you're like, <laughs> you know, like you don't want to wake up in the morning you know? <laughs> or go outside and walk the dog. Uh, you know, like that we, we do that face all the time. Are you saying and, you uh, could recreate it on demand if I ask you to make a oh, yeah. face right now? <laughs> Easy. Can we get some I, what faces in the chat, guys? I want to see some what we faces. We got a couple what faces in the chat. There we go. I like That's that. What I, I like that. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's pretty awesome. Do you, do you get any gratuities for this at all? Like, did somebody pay you for, for the use of the what face? Uh, You're so, like this everywhere. It's like Kappa. So the, the story of what face is interesting because, uh, you know, as I had mentioned previously, I worked at Twitch. And uh, typically, when you worked at Twitch, like a lot of employees, if you asked, they will give you an emote on the platform because it wasn't as oh. big. Back then. Right. Um, so uh, there was a commentator uh, named Duffman who uh, he was a Call of Duty commentator who kind of like, you know, stop, stop working in the space. Long story. Uh -huh. uh, but he um, but he made the emote initially uh, or he so that so the way it started was that people took the picture and, you know, it, it like was a, one of those like white text meme pictures, right? Sure. Like one of those. Yeah. But then he took it and then turned it into that little emo. But he submitted it to Twitch. Because I was an employee, it got denied, like, wow. immediately. Um, because they recognized my face and they were like, no, you can't use an, another employee's face. And I think his emo was like Duff GB or something like that. You know, something yeah. something funny. Uh, or no, something, you know, like generic, I should say. Not sure. something funny. So uh, then he messaged me and was like, hey, man, just so you know, uh, this emo got like rejected and really i'm not doing anything with it do you want it so i said yeah sure you know i'll i'll, I'll thought it was hilarious and I'll, I'll i'll go ahead and i take it so he gives me the emote gives me the emote files and he says it's all yours go for it um and then i i decide to go to twitch and i said hey i, I would like to submit an emote so i showed it to uh, hassan who uh, was one of the guys who works at, at twitch uh works in like moderation and stuff hassan anil and uh, tino's were partnership guys and I was like, what do you think of this emo? And they looked at it and they were like, this is hilarious. Like, we don't have anything that looks like this on the site at all. So then I was getting ready to submit it. And they're like, well, what are you going to call it? And, and I, my whole thought process was I didn't want it to be an emote that was like, because some people would just put like Anil, for example. If you type Anil, A-N-E-L-E, -E, right, in all caps, you get Anil, even though he's wearing a beanie. It looks like he's wearing a turban. It's terrible, sure. but he's wearing a white beanie, which I think is hilarious. And it's oftentimes misconstrued for yeah. in, in CS events. It's used quite some a bit. Terrible, terrible stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, so <laughs> Luongo put it on there, right? So that's Anil, right? And and he just puts Anil, right? And and he's like, you just put Golden Boy. And I thought, no, like nah. that's not that's not what I what I want. Like mm -hmm. I don't care that I'm advertising me. I just want it to be funny so that people will use it Smart. in a funny way. Yeah. Um, so at that time we were doing the, the gray face, no space thing where you would, uh, type in gray face, but people would be like, how do you put Kappa? Like, how, how do you put the picture of Kappa on Twitch chat? Right. And some people would respond, oh, it's gray face, no space. So people would type gray face, mm -hmm. right. And they would never come up. Uh, so, uh, I thought, okay, well face. So I, I think like people are used to seeing the face or, or like, you know, they, they've accepted that they're typing in capital F-A-C-E, so yeah. that works. And then the what was actually from that that meme of that that lady, the older lady that her mouth's open. She's like, what? Like that. <laughs> right, so right. I took that and then I just turned that into the what face. The, the what face. Yeah. Damn.
Yeah. So you were actually responsible for the what face in the end of the day. You went back and you're like, oh, I see an opportunity here. But you didn't well, make it Golden Boy, uh, yeah. which is good, too. Yeah, I, you know, because someone was like, put a GBFTW or something like that. Yeah, I, like, no. oh, I, I want it to be something that people would use and enjoy, right? right? And not something that was like a shameless promotion of myself. Because at that point, I was like, hey, I'm a Twitch. You know, I'm not going to be an esports guy anymore, an esports commentator. Sure. Uh, but let me give, let me do like my last fun thing. You know, let me have some fun with this. Yeah. Uh, turns out it was it, it got a lot bigger than I anticipated. Yeah, it explains exactly what it is. And now, if on Twitch there are any difficulties whatsoever, we got audio problems. Somebody says something cringy. Something something bad goes wrong. We got a thousand what faces going down the chat. Yeah, yeah, it's really uh, good. Yeah, man, it's perfect. It works. Um, so whether it's the what face, the global icon, national treasure, your personality carries over well into your casting, your hosting. You did an amazing job at the 2018 Halo World Championship. And here's a little clip that I wanted to showcase. Tony can throw it up. All right, ladies and gentlemen, in Orlando, I asked you guys a very simple question. I asked you, are you ready? Oh, no, 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 no. You don't understand. We're at the home of Halo, baby. We got everyone here. This is our moment, our time. So I ask you, get loud, get proud. Are you ready? It's now time to crown our third Halo World Champion. Okay, are you ready? That was a powerful moment, man. And that's that's the Triple H line right there from WWE. So once again, yeah. I know you touched on it, but like, why is it why is it WWE that's such a good uh, inspiration for you? Uh, so there were it was it was a this is a, a two pronged story. Okay, right. Uh, that I think is very interesting. So go for it. The, the reason why oh, we did that was because right before that event, I had hosted the Counter Strike Boston Major. Uh -huh. And it was a very well not it, luckily it didn't get as big as I, I feared it would. Okay. But at the Boston Major, uh, I had this incredible moment where I was going to bring out the two teams. And it was FaZe Clan versus Cloud9. Cloud9, the American team right. versus FaZe Clan, the European team in Boston on American soil. No right. one thought this was possible. The team that was meant to win the event, FaZe Clan, versus the team that is trying their best to reverse, you know, like, like destiny. Right. Right. So it was right. such a great moment. And, and um, Europe just completely dominates uh, counter-strike. Yes, for those exactly. Of you yeah, right? exactly. So, uh, <laughs> it was just a, a crazy, crazy, uh, event. And I knew that I needed to set the stage up really well. So me and Anders went through this whole thing of like what, what I was going to say, and as the teams walked out through the crowd, so I got the, the phase one, I nailed it. It was like the juggernauts of the game, phase clan, and like they're coming right. out and stuff, right? Now I'm under, I'm in the arena. The arena was a, a circular arena. So uh, because of that, the way the audio was set up, I couldn't hear myself. Oh no. So yeah, so because of that, um, the phase, or excuse me, Cloud9 comes out, they're getting ready to come out. And then I say, like, from the United States of America. And then the crowd just lost their freaking mind. <laughs> like, absolutely ballistic. It was so loud. Right. I couldn't hear my own voice. Oh. And I was like, cloud nine. <laughs> so I was so, I was distraught. I was like, I, I, I failed. Like, it was one of the first times in my career I ever oh, felt wow, like okay. I failed. Oh. And, and, uh, and everyone was like, are you kidding me? Like. That was hype as hell. And I was like, no, but I, I, I failed. Like, that could have been such a great moment. But instead, like, my voice now will just ruin that, right? 
Because right, um, right. I, I think about it in, in like an evergreen fashion where it's like, I want something like that to last forever, that anyone can go back to and be like, this yeah. moment made me made me the fan, made me the, like gave me goosebumps, made me the fan that I, that I wanted to be. So, you know, I, I, that happened to me. I was like, I was distraught. But the first person who texted me was Tashi. And uh, Tashi hits me up and he's Shout like, yo, Tashi. Yeah, he's my boy, man. I love that dude to death. And, <laughs> and he was like, yo, dude, that was sick. And I was like, bro, I failed, man. I, I, I freaking failed. And he's like, what are you kidding me? Like, that was so unbelievable. Like, yeah, people were laughing, but they were also like, no, like, like that was passion. That was like, right, he right. felt it, you know? And, and I'm not even from CS and I felt it, right? right. Uh, so people, like, I think people started to rally behind that more than they did on like, oh my God, how cringy, how terrible, right? Because, you know, it's the internet, everything's cringe nowadays. Right. Right. Um, they kind of clung on to the, to the, to like the passion of it all. So I told Tashi, I was like, Tashi, I want to do it again. Give me an opportunity to do it again. With Halo, yeah. And, 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 but let me do it with a game that I, that I, that I love, you know, right. like I love CS, but not the way that I love Halo. Right. And, uh, and Tashi was like, I got you, bro. So we literally set up the whole freaking thing from yeah. like, before we even like started the Halo World Championship tour, wow. we had set this thing up. Because we knew that like Seattle was going to be hype, we knew we were going to have a massive crowd, and you know I meant it. Like it was truly our moment. Everyone was paying attention to us. It was such a great way to bounce back after the the travesty that was the, the right. 2016 or 2017. I want to say. Yeah, yeah the photos for that event too. Don't get me started. I just I was talking with David uh, Doran just last week, Sandman, about the photos of 2017. It was oh man. Yeah, you know. So so to me, it was like. <clears throat> It was not only like my moment for redemption, but it was Halo's moment for right. redemption. Right. So all that kind of came together to create this just incredible, incredible moment. And 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 the camera and and you know MLG, yep. they 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 nailed it. It uh, was so well done. I, yeah, and the credit I got to give a, a ton of credit to uh, my boy Brian Balderamo, who uh, <laughs> he he's the guy who like produced um, all of the MLG Halo WC events. And he he he's such a passionate passionate person about what he nice. does, um, and and he knew it. Like I I told him I was like, bro, this is what I want to do. This is how I want it to look. Sorry, you're gonna hear my heater no in the background. Uh, New York City. And I was like, I was like, dude, I I want you to, to. This is like how it is. And he's like, all right, well, hopefully we can get this crowd like lined up and it'll be sick. And I said, all right, let's do it. And and we nailed it. Yeah, no, you absolutely crush it. I only showed the very end, but just the intro to it, well, like as well, like the pacing that you had was really well done. The delivery was exceptional. The one awkward moment was the Shotzi lethal props, which Shotzi, I don't know if you remember, but he kind of missed on the props, and then lethal's like, all right, whatever, and then you're like, yeah. oh yeah, we have a couple awkward moments. You know, you can't you can't have a, a grand finals without an awkward handshake, right? Well, it's it's, <laughs> it's freaking splice and it's yeah. splice and and lethal you know yeah. i so i lethal i can always i always rely on lethal for like a great interview but right. i actually would joke around a lot with splice about how terrible they are at oh, interviews yeah. and they would always be like because we don't want to do them and i was like bro i don't care you're a champion you're a championship winning right. team like you gotta you gotta do interviews you know you gotta you gotta get yeah. that training in bro because it's only gonna get better if you keep going like this but yeah and and it, it was great and i think everyone kind of like accepted it and then from there, right? Like we were able to recover and, you know, I thought that moment was fantastic. Yeah, no, and the, the passion came through. I love the way the camera panned out as you were talking about just like, this is our moment, our time. I, I think you absolutely crushed it. So yeah. that, that, and that's like for, 
me personally, man, you're you're just living out. These are life goals for me to be able to do that same type of stuff for for Halo for Smash Bros. So I, just seeing that, I'm like, man, this is inspiring. And even the next thing that you did, and this this one gave me goosebumps, man. But the Overwatch Grand Finals, just look at this audience, guys. An audience of eleven thousand people. Tony, roll the clip. The entire world is about to fight. That was incredible. Like an audience of that size. How are you feeling in that moment? How did this experience affect you? Uh, yeah, that's also another funny story. Yeah, go um, for it, dude. <laughs> so yeah, it gave me goosebumps even watching it. Like, yeah, it's say. pretty incredible, uh, dude. Like the audience it, is massive. You know, the the Halo moment for me will always be like a, a personal achievement, and it always right. make me feel really good about it because I felt like we did that as a community together, and it was beautiful. Um, but uh, Overwatch League was just was just a wild ride, right? I wasn't supposed to be there, and then I ended up getting there. And I heard then... it started out rocky for you as well. I saw some of the Reddit stuff, and then I started to change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like Overwatch community really hated my guts. Um, right. But you know, it was also because it was like I, I I put in the work, but I was I was like learning on the job because there was right. so much going on, and you know, it was a lot. But also, I wasn't supposed to be at the Overwatch League, like because <laughs> it, you know I wasn't moving to LA and uh, sure. all that other stuff. But it ended up working out that way, and. And I, I felt like I made a good impression on the Overwatch League community so much so that, like, to this day, they still ask me, like, why am I not there? Why am I not there? Right. Uh, and that's really humbling. But uh, the story of that's pretty funny. Uh, so the so like as you know, they they like tell us about you know this event and 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 all that. And I heard from Nate Nanzer we were going to Barclay Center. I was like, this is amazing. Like, this is like the best thing ever. Right. Uh, I'm so excited. But in my back of my mind, I was like, we're not gonna sell this place out. Like, that's right. impossible. Like, there's no way. Esports, no way, dude. <laughs> yeah. So as as we were about like I want to say 20 30 minutes to showtime, I had to do a a segment in the nosebleeds and I had to kind of reflect uh on why on like what it means to be at Barclays Center. And and I shared a story about how I watched uh Monday Night Raw from these very nosebleed seats and I saw Dwayne Johnson ironically enough uh come out that, well. uh, that day uh you know and, and hit a rock bottom on Rusev and it was just really cool, you know. Um, and I would never forget that because it was like me, my, 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 my best friends, we went and we were like, oh my God, it's Dwayne Johnson. We're like all the way on the, in the, in the rafters, you know, like right. high up. So I shared this story and, but then when we were done with the segment, I looked around and in the back of my mind, I, I, I saw the entire venue and it wasn't filled at all. So mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, you know, I, I figured we'd fill out like the bottom level, but I know we weren't going to fill out the, the nosebleed section. Sure. That, that sure. was going to be impossible. So you know, I do the segment and then as I'm like being brought back to the back of the building because I had to get ready for the opening of the show, um, you know, fans started coming up to me and asking me questions and stuff. And right. it was really cool. Uh, but again, it, it, it felt like a lot of people, but I didn't like realize how many people. Right. Uh, and then I'm in the back and I hear <laughs> everything. Now, at this point, mind you, I had not seen the crowd 
at all. I didn't even like pay attention to it. I was like, all right, right. got to hit this line, hit this line, hit this line, and you know, just do that. Um, so we run the video, and it was so hype. It was, you know, Annie up. It was like such a great yeah, song. the trailer beforehand. Yeah, yeah, it was just like a freaking a beast, beast trailer. And then like the whole point was, you know, it would like roll into you know the the music, the Overwatch music, but also just that that slide out to get the entirety of the crowd. And my back of my mind, I was like, well, what if we have no crowd? You know, in the rafters, it's gonna look right. really weird. Well, they knew way more than I did, because uh, as I walked out and saw that crowd, that was actually the first time I saw the crowd. That's unreal. So that was like my reaction as I'm walking out and I'm like shocked. That was like my genuine reaction. And at that moment, a Do little you get nervous pee, at all. A little, a little pee, pee yeah. out, just a little pee. It was like it was crazy. I was just like, yo, this this is this is insane. Like, don't screw this up. Just turn right back around. <laughs> yeah, right yeah, yeah. Back. You know, yeah. like. Don't screw this up. Uh, and, and you know, and I also got to give uh, a ton of credit to our, our production team at Overwatch League uh, for, for the 2018 season and and also the, the, the amazing people at Blizzard, Team 4, and all of them for uh, honestly trusting me to do that was, was wild. Because I was supposed to host the ESPN desk uh, for, for the Overwatch League, so like the pre-show. Oh, yeah. um, but they ended up bumping me from that because I wasn't available to come in for all the weeks to do the content. So they had Malik do it. And then at that moment, they were like, well, you know, how about you stage host? And I kind of viewed it as a demotion because I was like, hey, I thought I did a really good job. I really thought that, like, I could be one of the the, the desk hosts with Puckett. You know, we worked really hard. Um, but then they gave that to me. And, uh, you know, I would say, like, realistically speaking, a lot of people, like, that is the moment in Overwatch League's history that yep. I think people will remember forever. Yep. And I, I, a lot of credit uh, goes to Matt West, who uh, was one of the guys who kind of like orchestrated all that. And, you know, he believed in me and, and, and it happened. And I'm, I'm so grateful. Are, are you ever giving yourself a pep talk before you do stuff like this? Like any way that you try to mentally prepare for something like this? You know, man, look, I've been... Uh, I've been faking it for a long time. Yeah. I really don't. I really don't have like a a, a method. I Dude, don't have crazy. I don't know how yeah, you do. It. I I don't have a method. I kind of just like. So the thing is, is like I'm. I I just like to have fun and and enjoy my yeah. life, you know. Yeah. And it's hard because I travel a lot and being away from my family is always very tough. But I get to work in video games and talk about video games and talk to people like you and talk to a bunch of folks and. I get to do that day in and day out. I get to stream. I get to to I get to spend time with my wife and my dog when I'm here, and you know it's it's beautiful and I love it. So I, it's really just me, right? And there's no uh, there's no character. I mean, I would say maybe I ham it up for Halo a little bit more because of the Wall sure. Street rivalry. Sure. Uh, but beyond that, like I just I just love I just love what I do, and 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 it's funny that you you know you asked me this question and and stuff because even. Uh, even as uh, uh, recently, I've I've been having a hard time with like, what am I doing this all for? Like, right, you know, right. I'm, I'm stressed out. I'm tired. Uh, you know, I don't really know if I'm prepared all the time and stuff like that. But, you know, as you like ran that stuff through and show the videos and stuff, it actually like kind of rekindled that fire that that right. that I had as a kid. And and yeah, so thank you for that. That's no problem, pretty awesome. Man.
Yeah, I, I just find it's unbelievable that you just I, you're just being you, man. You're just having a fun time, which I I do that as well when it comes to events. But I'm all about the pep talk, man. I, I get into it 100. percent I'm like, you're born for this. You're gonna kill it. Like nothing's gonna stop you. Like I'm I, I go in, man. I have a Red Bull, and I'm and I'm I think ready that's fine. I think that's perfectly yeah. <laughs> fine. Like whatever you need to do to get yourself in that mindset, right, dude. Right. Do it. Like there's nothing right. there is nothing wrong with that. I think it's just for me. It's like, hey, right, like. One day this is all going to be over, so I might as well enjoy the hell out of it right now <laughs> while I have the opportunity to do so. And that's kind of yeah. like the pep talk that I have. It's a little right. morbid, you know, but like I, you know, it's like <laughs> hey, this is all going to go away. You're crap. You're trash. This isn't going to happen. But you know, I, I, that's how I, that's how I roll, and it's, it's helped me out a lot. And if it keeps you happy, keeps you confident, then then just keep doing what you're doing because it, clearly right. it's working out. And and there's one more moment I wanted to show here, and this is more of an emotional highlight. Oh, yeah. It was uh, it was your reaction to hosting grand finals, but personally, I think this was a beautiful moment, man. I think stuff like this is inspiring for for so many people. Tony, just roll the clip. How how many times does a kid from the hood get to realize his dream? You know, I think that's what makes this so special. Because I grew up in a single family household. My mother taking care of us and my father, you know, they didn't get along. And, you know, we were in the Bronx and and I, uh, you know, and I always wanted to do this. This was my dream. This was it. This is all I ever wanted. And then to be on primetime ESPN with the name Alex Mendez, you know. I just hope that there is a kid in the hood somewhere that sees this and says, I could do it too. That's what I want. That's my dream. Now, I know I'm, I'm not your target market here. I'm, I'm a white guy. I've had advantages <laughs> no. in life that I'm very thankful for. But man, this stuff, it hits me deep. It's honestly, it's proof that when you want something badly enough and you believe in your ability to achieve your goal, you can get there. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't yeah. matter where you came from. Let me, you know, to be clear, uh, no, I think. No, I know you meant for everyone. I'm just. Well, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think that, you know, and funny enough, I remember when that clip got, got clipped out and then uh, people started talking about it and they're like, what does he mean? Like what? People who not in the hood can't do this. And, you know, because everyone's always trying to be sure. offended with something nowadays. Yeah, um, you know, I think that there are just people out there that are constantly being held back by individuals telling them they can't do something. Right. Yeah. Uh, when I was in high school. I had people tell me like, hey man, this thing that you love, like video games, like it's not real, right? It's just, it's just, you know, it's it's not, it's not a thing you could do. It's not a job, right? Everyone just kept telling me that. It's not a job, it's not a job, it's not a job. And and I think that I never really looked for it to be a job. I just wanted it, it was something I loved, right? Like it was, it was, I was passionate about it. So right. I enjoyed it. Uh and I felt like that that was like the key thing that people just were constantly like forgetting about. You know, if I work nine to five and I came home and I play video games, you know, then, yeah, then I'm I'm having a great time because I'm playing. I'm doing something I love or right? I'm playing video games. It's something I enjoy. Right. So that was like one part of it. But the other part of it, too, is like, uh, you know, I think that what a lot of people don't realize is <clears throat> right as a, as a Hispanic, um, we don't get many opportunities to. <clears throat> sorry, I don't know why I just started getting all <clears throat> dry throat out of nowhere. It's okay. Uh, we don't get a lot of opportunities to really like show off, right? Like, hey, this is like what we can do, right? Um, right. I know it sounds weird, but you know, you think about like Marvel superheroes, for example, is like a really kind of good right. comparison. 
uh, like, are there any Hispanic Marvel superheroes? I, I was actually talking, or not talking, I was listening to Dax Shepard's podcast and he was interviewing Michael Penna. Yeah, uh, Michael Penna, yeah, yeah, yeah. Penna, Penna, sorry, my bad. No, it's all good, it's <laughs> and, all good. Uh, and he, he was talking about annoying. The, he was talking about the exact same thing, though, that, that you know, it's hard to get starring roles. He had a rough time kind of coming up, and I mean, now he's in Ant-Man, he's the, the comic relief, and he's he's uh, amazing at everything he does, but you're, you're right, it's a, it's a point right there, a good point. Yeah, like, you know, we don't really have much in the way of, like, you know, and when Black Panther came out, right, I think all of us in, in the Hispanic community were just right. like, hell yeah, you know, like, go for that, or Captain Marvel, it's like, yes, you know, that's awesome. Yeah. And and we're always like cheering everyone on and supporting everybody. I think uh, Sheng La, I believe, is also going to be another one, like the first Chinese Marvel that superhero, right? Like that's going to be a big one too, right? Um, and and I'm always like, yeah, that's sick, you know, that's awesome, right? But then you know, I think like, hey, who, who are out there uh, representing for us and not representing for us in a manner that's like super obvious, right? Like that's why I appreciate guys like Michael Pena or whatever that they, they go out and they act and they they are they are themselves and they're very good at what they do. And yes, some roles are like, you know, like Narcos Mexico or something like that, right? Very, very like particular roles. Right, but right. uh but then you watch like <laughs> Chips, you know, and him being Hispanic yeah. has nothing to do with that. Or even in Ant Man, him being Hispanic has really right. nothing to do with it. It's just he's him, it's funny and and it's great. Exactly. Um so that's kind of like the way that I, I think about it. It's like, hey, you know, not only do I want to try and be an inspiration for everyone, but also for for Hispanics that, you know, we are very underrepresented in in this space. Um, and and it's not like because I, I mean, I, I don't want to get political or for whatever sure. reason. I just want to basically just be like, hey, listen, right, like, let's just do a good job. And and hopefully people notice our work and we can continue to grow and, you know, show people like you don't have to. I guess like, you know, be like the, you don't have to like go crazy about this kind of stuff. Like it is possible, you know, it's possible to, right. to do this. So I know it seems weird, but or at least in that aspect, it's like, it's hard to, to really put it into words. Um, but I really just, I am just a kid from the hood. I, I really am. I'm, I'm just a regular kid. I wasn't a pro player. I competed on oh, my stupid mic. I competed for <laughs> a little while. Um, you know, and, and I don't really know like where this, where all this came from, but Hey man, you know, I'm just grateful that like I had this opportunity and I could do things like this in my life. So yeah. if there's a person out there that even if they think I'm like a total douche and they're just like, Oh, that guy can do it. I can do it. Hey, I'm fine sure. with that too. I'm perfectly <laughs> fine with that too. That means sure. that you believe in yourself enough that you, you can do it. And I'm, right. I'm okay with that. Right. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I, and I, and I hope that there are a lot of people that, you know, watch that and did get inspired and being on ESPN was a big thing and being on ESPN with the name Alex Mendez, you know, with a Z at yep. the end, that was pretty yep. damn cool. I wasn't a player. <laughs> I wasn't a player. I wasn't, uh, you know, or it wasn't baseball, wasn't boxing. Like it was video games. And I got to represent a community that I do care deeply about as well. Man, I have no doubt in my mind that you're an inspiration. I'd say you're one of the few who's kind of created the opportunity of esports hosting as a main career. Like, it, like even myself, kind of looking in a year ago, I think it was 2017. You have this retrospective on your Twitter. I forgot I was gonna yeah. show this in the interview, and I'm looking at it now. A year ago, you had like 27 events, and then this year you got 57 events around the world, commentating host for 18 different games, such as Overwatch, CS:GO, Fortnite, Halo. You got plenty more. You got all these brands you're working with, like that is a full-time job. You got to be going away like every weekend and then some. There's only 52 weeks in a year, right? So, yeah, and I manage your 57. <laughs> yeah, so you're yeah. literally like everywhere. You're working your ass off. So that that's an inspiration to me. And if it's an inspiration to me, I, I guarantee you, man, there's so many other people who feel the same way. I so, really appreciate that, dude. Thank no you. No problem, man. <laughs> I'm just here to butter you up, dude. <laughs> oh, stop it. You got to stop. <laughs> 
All right. And, and things didn't stop there, right? So you got NBC Titan Games as well. Tony, quickly, we're, I know we're running out of time now, but Tony, rolled the trailer for the Titan Games. My life, I found it's not how many obstacles get in your way. It's about how well you push past them. Life was a huge struggle. I never had a home of my own. I was 200 pounds and I fell into depression. I just remember being like, I can't do this anymore. What do you think mommy needs to do to win the Titan Games? Be brave. Be brave? You see the anguish, the struggle. Wow. These two athletes push past anything life throws at them. She wants to end this. Come on, don't quit. I cannot believe this. I thought she was done. The best battle we've ever had. This is close. Greatness awaits. The Titan Games, followed by the premiere of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Thursday. And just through the uh, PlayStation greatness awaits at the end of there. But uh, Dwayne, yeah. the rock Johnson, man, what is it like meeting him? How did you even get this opportunity? Uh, so I actually got the opportunity because uh, I was commentating the Fortnite Pro-Am and it turned yeah. out that one of the uh, engineers of the, the show was, was watching him as a Fortnite fan. And he was like, at the time they were like doing, I guess like a talent call for the show. Uh, and then this guy's like, Hey, you know, video games have a, bunch of people that do this stuff week by week like maybe we could find like a new talent there here's this guy that i just watched and you know and then he put my name up then uh, a woman named uh i think uh tommy crump uh from MV nbc vp of nbc for talent just hit me up and i thought it was a joke i thought it was like being pranked and right. then you know we get through the call with them it's me and my manager kurt we're in the call with them and uh, the lady just casually, she's like, yeah, so it's a physical competition show. Dwayne Johnson's going to be hosting and executive <laughs> producing. And then she just keeps going. Right. And then I was just, and I was like, oh, no, uh, pardon me. Could you could you go back a little bit? Did you say Dwayne Johnson is in, like, The Rock? And she's like, yes, yes, Dwayne The Rock. Yes, DJ. He's a part of the show. DJ. And I was like, oh, we call him DJ now. God, so that's, that's good, you know? So, right. uh, again, still thought it was a joke. Then I went out. I did the read. Um, I met Carrie Champion from ESPN, absolute sweetheart. Uh, uh, Clint Boyer, another one. Um, Terrell Davis, I want to say. Uh, I've read with these guys, and and everyone was really nice. And Carrie Champion, incredible. And then, um, you know, then they reached out to me. And they were like, "Listen, you know, we we want you to be a part of the show. Uh, we're we're very dead set in having you, uh, but we want you to work with this guy named Liam McHugh." And he he was going for my job. But they decided oh, to kind of like merge the two together and and make us like just a hybrid pair of just you know commentators, right? Right. Because you know you had enough muscle on the show with Dwayne Johnson and everyone else, right. like you didn't really need. They were trying to go the Ninja Warrior approach, and they instead just decided to go with this more uh, commentator type approach. And sure. um, and then we did the read; it went amazingly well. And and they were like, "All right, you're in." I was like, "This is this is a lie." Then I then I get out there, and you know, I was going to be out there for about three weeks in L.A. And uh, immediately after that, hit Gear San Diego as well. Um, you know, so the whole time I'm just like everywhere, uh, yeah, yeah. So after that, I was just like, yeah, you know, like I, I this isn't real. Like this, something has to be up here. This this has to be like fake or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and then you know, I get there, I have my own trailer. I was like, this this is full. This is not happening. And then. You know, like the the lady in the story of how I met the Rock was funny because I'd ask, "Hey, can I meet him?" The Vanessa, the one of the uh, people that like the PAs, production oh. assistants, uh, she was like, 
oh no, unfortunately he's, he's really busy. We're going to probably get some time during the week, but not this right now. Cause the show's going to, we're going to start filming today. And I was like, oh, okay. And in my mind, I'm like, he's probably not even here. Right. You know, like just, just it's, <laughs> it's like, all I lie. Was, yeah. Right. But I <laughs> said, you know what? It, yeah. I was like, you know what? It is what it is. It's whatever. <laughs> and then like, um, she comes to the, she goes into my trailer. She knocks on the door. I'm watching, I was watching like Netflix. And then she goes to the door and she's like, Hey, uh, just let you know. Um, he wants to meet you. And I was like, what do you mean? Who, who wants, he to, meet wants me? she, to meet you? Yeah. And I, she was like, Dwayne Johnson. Duh. And I was like, you said he wasn't, he, you said like, I wouldn't meet him. She was like, Oh no, no, no. I was just messing with you. Come on, let's go. <laughs> like, so like I had psyched myself out, was yeah. told I was going to meet him. Then I was like, all right, fine. I guess I'm not. Then at this point I had accepted like what life was. Yeah, and, then, calm and, stuff, yeah. and then she's so then like, I'm like in a golf cart, like making my way over. And then there he is freaking yeah. Dwayne, the rock Johnson. And, uh, and he was awesome. Really nice guy inspiration. And, uh, you know, I think it was really cool because it, it kind of gave me the, the, the nod that I was on the right path. Right. Um, because not, not just like career wise, but just as a person, because when I met him, I saw how, how just genuinely kind he was and he was such a nice guy and to everyone all the production people the assistants everybody he was just so freaking nice to everybody and yeah i've realized it's just like this is like what it is right like you could spend your life being a, a, a tool and a hollywood snob or whatever sure. or you could just like you know be a good person and and help other people and lift other people up and and do things the right way and that's what I always tried to do in esports. I mean, you know, I never, I never try and, you know, belittle anyone. I never try and like cut anyone down and 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 say like they're not good enough. I I always try and find the good and help people out as much as I possibly can. Uh, and you know, I said, hey, this is if he's doing it right and he's doing it like this, and I then this is the path I need to be on. This yeah, is the path yeah. I need to continue to be on. And and it really, really, really helped out. Yeah, that's definitely some great validation for sure. Just like it could have been any superstar that he ended up working with, but it ended up yeah. being The Rock, and The Rock he supports that same mindset. Someone also have, I've, so. I've looked up to exactly like, you know, my yeah. whole life, right? Yeah. So I it, it really helped out a lot. Oh, you're on the right track for sure. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, and then uh, so more recently now we've had the HCS Invitational as well, and of course a big highlight of the event was this ongoing rivalry between yourself oh, and Walshie. So here we here now we're finally here. With the uh, the Walshy Golden Boy uh, rivalry, whatever this is here. Here's a clip of the banter. I haven't even gonna... seen this yet, so I'm excited. <laughs> Just, I'm, I'm sure excited. you might have. It's from the BTV. Uh, Tony, you can throw it up. Up there, he says you need to step it up. I don't know what your thoughts are on that. I don't know. That last game, Snipedown and I dropped 38 kills. So uh, it's kind of, once again, I really don't know what's going on. But And maybe that also makes sense. I see Golden Boy on his phone. He must have been doing that the entire first game. And speaking of which, there's all sorts of madness happening here. You guys missed it in between last game one and game two. Yeah, so I basically had to make a phone call to my buddy DJ. Uh, I don't know if he was DJ. He goes by the name Dwayne Johnson. Yeah, so because uh, I don't know if you guys know Titan Games, NBC, APM, so on and so forth. Uh, so I had to make a call because I was like, dude, what do you think I should do? And then he just said, basically, he came back. He was like, it doesn't matter. That's what he said. It doesn't matter because Walsh, he's old, he's trash, and he held the L. I don't care. I won. I can go neg 30. I still took the dub. Walshy, I'm going to bring it to you one last thought. Or maybe Rock was saying, hey, maybe, Golden Boy, you shouldn't make every day a cheat day. So you're okay if I take this cake. You're okay if I take this cake then. You're playing like cake's on the line. Yeah, cake's always on the line, bro. Uh, I... <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> 
Okay, do, do I cringe a little every time I watch this? Yes, but do I absolutely, I absolutely love both of you for doing this? Like every time, man. Like I don't know where did this come from. First of all, actually, do you have the rocks number, and where did this come from? I don't have the rocks number. Ah, okay, it's so more it's... or less just a joke. <laughs> yeah. uh, he does follow me on Twitter though, okay. um, but that's as far as that goes. Uh, probably won't follow me one day <laughs> with the rate that I I, I tweet about video games. Uh, you know, honestly, man, like. I just think we're just trying to have fun, right? Like, that was it. Uh, I had no idea what I was going to do for the interview. Uh, my whole thing was, was my plan was going to be like, you know, I was hoping that Fallout was going to say, like, you know, does it matter that, you know, you, you went negative 30 or, or whatever in the game? And then I was going to say, like, it doesn't matter, right? That's what I was going to do. But Fallout totally didn't set me up for that. So, it was really, so I had to, like, think on the fly. Um, and then when, <laughs> then when he was like, when, when he made sort of making the fat jokes, I, I was like genuinely shocked, you know. But if you also look at that clip though, you look at Walshy's hair, uh, and that those that's just Dave 2.0 right there, right? Oh, like he's leveled yeah, up. Yeah. Uh, so he was like feeling himself a lot that weekend. So it was <laughs> nice to be able to bring him down a, a peg and and just be like, you know, hey man, you're not the BTB champ. You're not the elephant man. king. You know I what mean, I'm saying? Being on Walshy's team, though, those teams were so badly stacked against us, man. You had Roy, Lunch, okay. you had Clutch. You had, I'm not going to get into it. I'm just saying. What? Man. I had Clutch. We had one so pro. We had fair. one pro. We had Snipe down. That's it. And then Walshy, I had Clutch. Yeah, as you, know, you guys I had, had Clutch. Yeah. Clutch is still he's playing, not, man. He's still grinding. He, he's, no, no, no. In the you background. Have to he tries his best. He tried his best <laughs> to lose for me. Oh, right? really? He just wanted to lose. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. was mad that he was on my team. So what happened was that we were supposed to have more pros. But and you really just have to blame Royal Two APG. They were supposed to be uh, on our team. Royal they were supposed to be on your team. On our team, yeah. Yes, but they didn't show up. Yeah. So so really, who's the problem here? Right? <laughs> Pistola was supposed to be playing too. He didn't he show was, up. Yeah. And, Apparently and it was more so that they didn't get the email. They got the email like late, and then they yeah. slept. I I don't know. That's what they were saying. You also had Dursky, right? You had the Dursk, man. You know, last time you've seen Dursky play, I haven't seen that man play in a lot. It was big team <laughs> battle. <It> yeah. Was... <laughs> Man, my only objective, my only objective for that was to play well enough to be invisible. Like I didn't want to do so badly that I stood out. And there's no way I'm playing better than Snipe Down. So I'm just like, where's the median line here? How do yeah. I get like these ten and kills? Funny enough, you had like a really good big team battle player in in uh, uh, Unishek as well. Unishek and Ubernick, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, Ubernick. Ubernick well. had the clip, oh, like the one clip. He uh, he sniped Snake Bite, hit a proximity, and then Snake Bite, and that went up on Twitter. So I'm telling you, you had good players. It just, you know what it was, man. You didn't have the Elephant King. That's the thing. The yeah, elephant that, king was the difference maker. Those elephant drivers, man. You took it literally all the way over to your base. <laughs> Did you guys even, like, notice it, by the I, way? I didn't notice it. The thing is, is, is a lot of, like, everybody else seemed to notice it. I just kept freaking running in, and I haven't played Sand Trap in years, and it's just open space. I'm having these useless BR battles, and then I realize after the fact that you guys have been riding the elephants, like, into each other, and I'm, <laughs> I'm just missing all the action, dude. I, I should have been great. Warthog. I should have, like, uh, it was a bad, that was a bad game for me. I'm not going to recollect that one. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh man but overall with this event though man it, it was so different than what we've had in the past because you had btb bonanza you had snipe down versus lethal you had chubby bunny challenges you had caster rivalries oh, there was this like fun carefree grassroots approach that we haven't seen before so how was this experience for you and and what do you think this new direction or what do you think of this new direction for halo events well i think this is the direction we need to go in exactly. honestly um yeah. 
I I give credit to Gfinity because Gfinity were actually the ones yes. that really started to do this kind of stuff, and we all loved it, right? We had the uh, the gun guessing challenge and um, the, and the the one hot ones with the wings too. Yeah, yeah, and we had to guess the you know what the person would say, and you know like those videos, and they were super fun. Um, and you know it was like a really you don't have to make them like all pretty and stuff like that. You just gotta you just gotta just do it, right? Like it it just for the fun of it. So. I really enjoy doing that, and I'm glad. And Tashi was like, "Hey, you know, this is going to be a different event. We want to let our hair down. We just want to have a good time." Right. Um, and I, I'm all about that. I felt like one of the <laughs> things that Halo was really struggling with was everyone always felt like, like, yes, I understand. Like, everyone wants to be professional, and and, and you can right. be professional, but you can also be professional and have fun. Right. You don't have to wear a suit and tie every single event and and look like you're about to, you know, serve someone a delicious meal. Like sure. you can you can just wear like cuz hey, right? The matching like, like chipmunk uh, sweaters, you can wear that, you're saying. Yeah, it was <laughs> yeah, right. Well, yeah, yeah, that was actually hilarious. But yeah. um shout out to South by were, I don't know. Yeah. Uh but but what I'm saying is like, you know, we the Halo community has a lot of personality, has a lot of style as well. Exactly. And I feel like we just got to kind of bring that out a little bit more and have more fun with it. Uh, maybe, and, and we kind of like, it wasn't like UGC uh, Classic where like we were all all over the place, to be fair. I yeah. think, you know, I was wearing sweaters, but then like, you know, I, some yeah, people the, were wearing, the dress code was everywhere. Right? Yeah, everywhere. Like while she was wearing ties and stuff. And I yeah. told Dave to take off the tie because he looked weird. And then Bravo, <laughs> Bravo was wearing jerseys every day. It was just very odd, and, uh, right? It was yeah, a very yeah. odd event. Yeah. Um, so I think that like we this time around we're like okay this is the style that we're gonna go for and we all I think we all kind of like nailed it for the most part besides Bravo looking like he was gonna you know steal something. Um, <laughs> oh, he has the beard um, now, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. But he also was wearing like all black and he was wearing like a black bomber and I was like, Andy, uh, are you gonna rob a bank? Like, what do you, you you want a baklava? Like, is this? Jeez. But yeah, but yeah. it was it was great. And then I think also too the the side events really helped out with that. I so think important. that. Dude, and, and I think it's like narratives that can continue on. Like, Snipedown and Lethal literally yes, won a tournament. Yes. Gamers were giving their team name Therapy Works. That's like a <laughs> phenomenal name, right? Yeah. And and it was really good. It, it like they played into it. And I think so long as we as a community continue to just play into the fun and absurdity of it all, let's just keep doing that because it just yeah. makes all of us makes our scene look awesome. To yeah. be frank, it really does. We can go out there and we could like wear the three-piece suits and we could be super professional and talking about the statistics and blah 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 and listen i get it but we've been talking about halo for you know years decades a decade now right yeah. like you know it's been a long time that we've been talking about competitive halo we all know like i here's here's the truth right uh i could break down the greatest play of all time Right. Sure. And sure, some people on Beyond will probably like disagree with me and say, like, I know nothing, but I could break <laughs> I could break the uh, play down and give you the greatest example on stream and it'll be incredible. Right. Uh -huh. But who's really going to remember that? Right. But you remember Depends. me saying Kate uh, is always on the line. I, I, don't, I don't know if you see one no, of my breakdowns. See, that's different, <laughs> right? Because you do these like great video breakdowns. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. And like those are those are phenomenal. That that's Maybe. phenomenal piece of pieces of not, content. Not to, not to throw myself into this, but yeah. But you're but you're right. Like I remember watching your stuff uh, during the MLG broadcast that I did with Elamite, and I was like, oh, this is really good. This is good content that we need, Thank right? You. But I'm talking about like when we're in cast or when we're on the analyst desk, and we like. Breakdown plays, sure. Breakdown plays, but if you're giving everyone like 
scientific knowledge 100% of the time and yeah. no fun, people right. are just going to get bored. They're just going to get bored. They're not going to be into it. And I think that's one of the Absolutely. advantages that we all, as the Halo talent crew, yourself included, have you. in that we all know each other. None of us have egos. We're all just like really chill, and we just really enjoy working with one another, and it, and it bleeds out. It shows on the broadcast. Yep. And I think that's why, you know, in my personal opinion, you know, maybe a little biased, but I think the Halo crew is like one of the best crews in esports. Underrated, to be frank, because yeah. they're like, we understand our scene and our audience very, very well. And we just continue to like, you know, play into that. I think that's what's growing is, is the understanding of what we are as a community. I think at our core, we are grassroots. I, I think Halo really does kind of parallel almost Smash Bros in a way as well. I don't know if you know too much about yeah, the Smash Yeah, I know Bros a lot community, about Smash. Yeah, right, yeah. There's so much. Like the reason why Smash lives is because of Mewtwo King and Mango and Hungrybox. Like the, the personalities, personalities. Exactly. And how do you flesh out personalities? Grassroots events with little side events like BTB, Snipe Down vs. Lethal, Therapy Works, like all this stuff completely yeah. grows personalities. And that's how you build a bigger, broader game with a community that's sticks to it almost regardless of what comes out next. Like Bro, I know we I, want an amazing Halo title, but, but we love the community members exactly. and that's why we, we stay strong. It's so cool to go to these events and see people like seeing Maddie at the events or seeing uh, uh, Killing Pink or uh, yeah. Axeman or I saw Kelly at Gamers Forgiving. Yeah. Like seeing these community members who have just been around for such a long time. And just, it's Sandman, whenever I see him, I'm always happy when I see Sandman, you know, taking pictures and stuff. Like we are family, we are family, we, we love our game. Yes, we don't agree on everything. Yes, yeah. we, we, will, we will complain about <laughs> sprints started, yeah. and yeah. D-scope and yeah. BRs versus DMRs versus pistols. And we will we will bitch until the sun goes out, right? Yeah. But at the end of the day, we love our game. And we love our community. I think so long as we continue to have that passion, uh, I think we, we still – Halo will survive. Halo will always survive. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and like like you were saying, you guys literally are like a family. And I'm I'm kind of saying this more on the outside because literally there's like seven, eight to ten years of history between a lot of people in this community. And I'm very new to this, but I, I really felt that with the HCS Invitational, just that last like Sunday night open bar, everybody's hanging out, and it just felt like family. And I'm I'm here like <laughs> it's been not even a year for me just trying to figure it out and figure out where I fit into this all. But I'm just recognizing how much just like there's so much passion and there's so much history. Yeah in this community it's it's just so incredible to to be a part of it even even late just to to be here now and to experience it firsthand is is pretty incredible oh so, yeah man it's yeah, awesome yeah hope hope to be we are, uh, we are the lucky few yeah very <laughs> completely agree man uh and then following up with that speaking of grassroots we had g4g 2019 more grassroots halo but we're going to switch off halo for a second here because you were a big presence at this event but it was all about cornflakes for That's some right. reason What's up with you and cornflakes, man? What is going on here? We had a clip. There was so two hours, guys. If you didn't, if you did not watch the end of G4G, I highly recommend you go back in the past broadcast and check it out. Because two hours was spent on rating cereals on snackability, scoop efficiency, washdown value, texture, and moisture absorption. Here's a funny moment because I you were eating a lot of cereal and you got a little gassy. But Tony, throw up the the funny moment from the uh, from the stream. The other day. All right. As so, my name is Kyle. By the way, hi Kyle. Hi Kyle. How long have you been eating cereal, Kyle? My whole life. All right. My grandfather was a dairy farmer. Dairy farmer. And I am lactose intolerant. Oh, no. I make a sacrifice for this. Right. You this get struggle. gassy too, right? And I would never make this sacrifice for cornflakes. Oh. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> you know what? I would get up and yell at you in your face if I didn't have to fart so bad right now. <laughs> I have yeah. so much.
much gas <laughs> stored in my stomach that the second I move, this place will become a biohazard site. <laughs> Everyone has to have their own hazmat suit, right? Yeah. Uh, like How are we doing the math over there? Away from the stage. You're uh, you were having a ton of fun with this. I, I don't know if you could, could you say that on like a professional Halo broadcast or is that, that's just like a G4G thing I'm wondering. I think honestly at this point, I've gone away go with a lot it. of crap. I've got like <laughs> the amount of things. I think I was like mid cast and I was talking about Dave Walsh saw a play and I was like, Walsh, it looks like you're at a 4.0 right now. I'm yeah. fairly certain I said that and that was an erection joke. So, oh my God. you know, but here's the thing, cornflakes, all right, so firstly, the serious right, we part. we got to talk about this. Why yeah. I like cornflakes so much. Okay. Well, the reason why I like cornflakes so much is, is because, so I, uh, from the Titan Games, I actually went through um, a pro, like I lost some weight. I lost like 15, almost 20 pounds uh, okay. because of the show and wanted to get in shape for it and stuff. It was the slimmest I had ever been. So the way I did that was actually I minimized carbs and I completely eliminated sugar out of my diet. So when you eliminate sugar, from your life, like processed sugar. I'm not talking about like fruits and stuff like that, but processed sugar. Right. Things that contain a little bit of that processed sugar just hit you like a ton of bricks. Like it's crazy, right? Yeah. Um, so because of that, I I like I will have cornflakes and they will be sweet to me. They taste sweet to me, right? You're not having sugar, I guess. Yeah. Now, serious things aside, right? Okay. Let's talk about the versatility. Oh, there it is. I was like, and is he why, gonna have a box and he has a literal freaking box? And why, why this is so good? It's because look, three grams of sugar that it contains, right? But it is good for your diet. If, if one cup, that's all you need. One cup of this deliciousness. And it, right. it's the most versatile cereal you could possibly ask for. Do you need some sugar? Put some sugar. Do you need some fruits? Get some bananas. Put some strawberries. You want to get a little crunch in there? You want to make your own honey bunches of oats, Shyway? You could put some almonds in there. Maybe a little dash of honey. Mix it all up. You can do anything. I view cornflakes as the the canvas of which I paint my beautiful cereal <laughs> painting. Oh, my God. And, and it is for that reason and that reason alone that cornflakes are the best cereal known to man. Okay. Period. Okay, I, I don't want to burst your bubble here. I'm going to say a couple things. First of all, you talked about weight loss and cereal. I feel like if you want to lose weight, the first thing you want to cut from your diet is cereal altogether. Not only are you eating carbs. That is 100% true. And, yes. But the milk is right. the big thing, man. The milk is full of saturated fats. If anything, switch over to almond milk and then stick with Have you had that with cereal, by the way? It's I actually did. pretty good. I did. <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't get into it. It's I hard to get into not. it. You, gotta, you have to hard. supplement the fact that it's almond milk with like sugar and other stuff like that, I find, just to make yeah. it taste better. But anyway... Do you do you eat cornflakes with a straight face, like by itself, like just yeah. plain cornflakes and milk, and you enjoy it? Yeah, I love it. It's I great. find that hard to believe. I feel like no. cornflakes oh, by themselves are, are not good. <laughs> How? Get, get, the, get the bowl, get the milk, bring it he's in gonna here. Do it I'm gonna and, and he's going right to force a smile as he takes no, a bite. No, I'm telling you, I love cornflakes. No, I know this seems think? this seems unrealistic, but I'm I'm not lying. I'm genuinely not lying. Right. Cornflakes, I freaking love these things. Like. I know it seems crazy, but but it's it's true. It really is. I enjoy the crap out of it, man. I just can't. I had sent like I did a thing with cheddar, and they gave me a box of cinnamon toast crunch to take home with me. Right. And 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 you know I tried it. Yeah, you know like at first it was like oh yeah this is pretty good. But then when I ate it again, 
I felt nauseous. I genuinely felt nauseous. And then let's not get into Walsh's crap choice. I don't know of, what that choice was. Yeah, I actually oh, agree with you there. That was yes, a weird by choice. the way, because remember, I mentioned I was gassy. It's because you got to have the lactate. That's a very important <laughs> thing as well. You yeah, can't lactate. have the cereal without the lactate. So look real quick. I'm just going to do this real fast. Damn it. And Why didn't I get a – I want to get a box of cereal now too. It's always – it's oh, and here's the other thing. Oh, wait, Cynthia, what oh, – so, is this the – Okay, this is the regular. Okay, yeah, no. But the the point I want to make though is it, it's not that cornflakes are bad. They're terrible on their own, is what I think. But cornflakes, it was the point that, and this wasn't in the argument, it's the fact that they are very versatile and the other cereals aren't really, right? Like you can pair cornflakes with bananas, with strawberries, you can pour some honey on top, you can put some, a little brown sugar, then they taste good. Then they, then they make sense, you know, or you can throw them in a bowl of yogurt. Can you throw Cinnamon Toast Crunch in a bowl of yogurt? Probably not because it's full no, you of can't. sugar. Right, exactly. So cinnamon toast crunch, I feel like on its own with a bowl of milk, one bowl of cinnamon toast crunch is like the best cereal ever. But can you pair it with anything else? No. But cornflakes needs to be paired to be anything good. I, I think. I think the way that you're eating it right now is blasphemous. No, it's, it's delicious. Horrible. I love it. It's so good. I don't understand why. Why this is like it needs sugar. It needs fruit. It needs the whole. Thing. And then that's the thing. It actually tastes really good when you throw some almond shavings in there, even maybe a little chia seeds or something, and. Mm -hmm. Go wild with it. <laughs> well, half, you know, have fun. Add whatever you want. Like I said, it yeah. is a canvas. But sometimes it's okay to just have a blank canvas. Just make sure you eat that canvas quickly because it's going to get soggy in about 30 seconds. Right? Yes. Well, I mean, you know. <laughs> Make it soggy quick. You gotta, well, we, did you gotta... this whole, we did this whole ridiculous debate, which, by the way, was a complete <laughs> setup. Because yeah. Sir Scoots told me that they – were very specific that no matter what happens, no matter what arguments I made that made sense, okay, that they were still going to vote <laughs> against me. That so it was collusion from the beginning. The, you know, the case, the, the case of collusion shouldn't be in D.C., sir. It should be at Gamers Forgiving. It should have been in Michigan. We should have called Robert Mueller to find out about that collusion, the collusion of that panel that, that basically attacked me. And I was fair to everyone's cereal, uh -huh. except for Walshie's horrendous choice. <laughs> of Rice Krispie Treat cereal, which, by the way, no, that other no. girl with the uh, the brand, oh, whatever and, and that then, brand then, was, uh, that was terrible. What was the name of that? Like that brand hot cake. trash. I think it was um, yeah, or a uh, crackling oat brand. Crackling oat. Yeah, brand. what the oh, heck is that? This is just terrible. But here's the thing. Here's the thing, bro. Like, like I had that Rice Krispie Treat cereal, and legitimately. I think that was Rice Krispies runoff. I think that was like runoff from the plant. And then some executive walked in and was like, ah, turn that into a cereal because that was genuinely disgusting. It was genuinely disgusting. And then the Cracklin' Oat brand, I was eating rocks in my, I put rocks in my mouth because when I chewed, you know, like, uh, like, like Captain Crunch because sometimes like, you know, right, give you a little right, stabby feeling at the top of your mouth. Yeah, Dude, yeah. I never, I, I bruised the top part of my mouth because of the crack and that's not even a joke because of the crackling o-brand it's it's really bad if you guys really watch bad. the video it actually it stayed like hard like crunchy after they had been talking for like 15 20 minutes it was still good it wasn't uh, every other cereal was like mush at that point yeah like crackling o-brand was still was still going anyway i'm sure we could talk about cereal for hours man and, and now i'm wishing i had a bowl myself there's actually two there's uh there's two that i've been eating recently it's checks if you heard of checks that one's actually mm -hmm. very versatile because you can get that with no sugar you can you can throw honey on that, whatever. And one that you might not have heard of is Weetabix. 
where it's I like know, a, that's a weird one but it's like this yeah it's like a like a cylindrical i don't even know what kind of shape that is as you as you enter into this world of serial discussions <laughs> and debates you start to broaden your horizons and understand it because everyone tries to come at you from all angles yeah to to belittle cornflakes Right. Yeah, it but was it was a little uh, it was a little aggressive for sure. That you guys you'll you'll see it if you go back and watch the broadcast. But they had tr- like cars, three cars, run over a box of cornflakes and then back up over it and then run over it again just to make a statement of this. My man. baby, <laughs> my baby. Anyway, man. Um. So so we're getting to the end of it here, and I know you've got things you got to do. And oh no, but I believe way, some people have some questions in the chat. Yeah, exactly. So, so Tony, I, I know you're grabbing some of those questions. Please uh, send me. You're already doing that. So send me those questions. Thank you. Uh, just the last thing here is uh, so we have Halo, uh, like another Halo event, Dallas on the horizon. Here we have MCCPC. We have Halo Infinite coming up. Finally, Halo is broadening their audience. They're moving into the PC market. What do you think about the recent annou- announcements, and what do you hope to see in Halo's future over the next couple of years? I think I'm. I'm. Um, I'm sorry. I'm. I'm. I'm so full. Nah, delicious cornflakes. Enjoy yourself. Yeah. Um, Even though you're faking. So good. Yeah. I'm not. Anyway. <laughs> uh, I'm really excited. Um, you know, I. I am of the mindset that competitive Halo should be played on PC. I don't think that it is something that we should limit to just keyboard and mouse players, though. I think controller players should compete as well. Um, because Halo's a, Halo's yeah. a different kind of game. Yeah. And. You know, when you think about like VR battles and and stuff like that, like you can, yeah, you know, like this isn't CS where you need to have like pixel perfect accuracy and stuff. Like, you know, if you're a sniper, and I still think like, hey, guys like Snipedown could probably like crush it. Like, I play Apex Legends on he's on a controller. It in Apex, still. yeah, yeah, he's he's nasty at that one. I play Apex on on a PC, and I have no problem. I know it's a different kind of game, but yeah. I do think it can work, right? Um, you know, so putting that aside, I, I kind of would like to see a world where kind of just like it and also PC is just easier in general to like run events for. We opens us up to more sponsors, which I think is very huge in console gaming. Absolutely. We don't really have that many options for sponsors. Um, you, there's, you know, your Astros and your scuffs and stuff. But with with PC gaming, we can potentially get sponsorships by Omen by HP, you know, shameless Intel, Club, or Intel yeah. or, or Alienware or, you know, or Corsair and. And I think that also people don't understand like how big that is for the space because Definitely. teams would be willing to invest into Halo squads because they play on PC. Yep. And that I think is something that we need to consider for the longevity of our of our esport. Um then on the other on the other side of that uh as well, it, it's uh oh. Uh oh. It's you could play 140 FPS, 200 FPS. That's better. It's just a fact. Like, I play Apex Legends at 150 FPS, I believe, is my max I go to. Love it. It's amazing, right? Like, yeah, it's a much this weekend, experience. Yeah, yeah, but then this weekend, I was playing a game of Forgiving at, a, a, like, 60 FPS, and it was dipping to, like, sometimes, like, oh, as low no. as like 45. It felt like 40, 45. And you could tell. You could see the, the degradation in quality. Right. Um, and I think that that is something that we... Excuse me, the cereal. Uh, that is something that I think we as a community have to have to uh, have to should not have to, but should embrace. And and I hope right. and I hope we do. And hey, if Reach is going to be that vessel that does it, then you know so be it. 
Yeah, I guess we'll get a sense of how things work when they, they start bringing the MCC games over to PC and, and see if there's any kind of difference in uh, in gameplay between mouse, keyboard, and, and controller. But I do think, yeah, controller players have a fighting chance there as well. The way that the game works, like single-shot rifles and the auto-aim and the fact that you're flicking like four or five individual shots rather than holding a burst on a player, it's a very different kind of uh, shooting experience. And rarely do you have to do a full 180 whip around. Like usually you have map control, you understand where players are coming from. So uh, yeah. like controlling acceleration isn't quite as and, important and like someone in the chats like saying like pc snipers would absolutely pc snipers will absolutely tear up I and, think. and that i'm not doubting that right yeah. i'm not doubting that at all but what i'm yeah. saying is let's do what fortnite's doing and not limit people from competing yeah let's allow everyone to compete and let them choose the platform and the peripherals of choice that they decide that they want to play on right. like let's be open to those possibilities rather than try and like restrict people and say PC people are over here and Xbox people are over here. Let's just open it up and see what happens because no matter what, we are going to have some console players. We are going to have some controller players that are going to be really good. You know, like, I'm sorry, you don't, you don't just like completely uh, remove like players like Pistola, for example. But even then, I talked to Pistola. He's a nasty PC player as yeah. well. So like, he'll probably switch to PC. And then he becomes even better at that point because he's on PC. So there's there's a lot. There's a lot that I think we can do. Um, and yeah, sure, naturally it may just switch on over to, uh, to, to keyboard or mouse completely with the controller player being the outlier here and there. But, you know, is that necessarily a bad thing? I don't, I don't think so, right? Like PC gaming is, is, is awesome. And this is where everything is literally going to PC gaming. That's just, yeah. It sucks to say that as a console guy, but even the consoles... Even the consoles, right, are are switching to that to that mentality. These these consoles that we have are PCs essentially, yeah. you know. So yeah, uh, really, the, the next ones are going to be PCs probably. They're they're going to have mouse and keyboard support from day one. I'm expecting as well because now yeah. Xbox is finally getting it. So so yeah. So I I think you're you're right. It it should happen that Halo should should broaden out to the PC market, and we're going to get a, a much larger community as a result. And I think Halo can finally succeed in the way that we want it to. I need um, to enjoy and, this bowl. Of, this the the, the oh, oh yeah. What, what's that? Yeah, the uh, the what's it called? There was a. Here, wait, where is it? Where is it? Washdown. The, uh, the washdown. Yeah. The, wash yeah, down the washdown value. Exactly. And you guys had to skip over it because you, you got to The washdown value is the last thing you got to judge. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, obviously. Obviously. So uh, so we have some questions in the chat here. We got Park Ryan fifty five hard question. Uh, if Golden Boy had a Halo three dream team, would he rather have Pistola in his prime or Snipe Down in his prime? Oh. Hmm. I'd take Ola. No disrespect. I mean, if it's down. a dream team, wouldn't you take them both? You oh, have, well, yeah, right. Four I mean, slots if, there. If, I, if I'm told that I can't have, like, one or the other, I would yeah, take okay. Pistola. But Interesting. I mean, but Snipe Down? Yeah, you know? I mean, I'll just take both of them. Why not? In fact, I'd probably just take the reciprocity team right now. <laughs> That's I'll take what them, I and I'll leave the team, and I'll, I'll just watch. And, uh, and <laughs> Yeah, they're, they're really good. Like, they, they are really good. And, yeah. you know, I think that if... This was like even, uh, you know, like Royal Lunchbox when they were younger. I think it'd be even even crazier. But they're still so freaking good. It's unbelievable. Yeah. And the fact that Roy and Lunch can step away for a while, come back to Halo 3 and still be taking the tournament, I, I think it's just it's such testament to how talented they are. But yep. uh, incredible stuff that they're doing. And, and we're going to see more exciting stuff in Dallas, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. uh, Will GBB at DreamHack Dallas says uh, Adam Ant Gamer. Uh, as of so, uh, I, I will say that DreamHack has reached out to me. Um, it is a smaller event, uh, so they were very clear about that. But I am going to look into the uh, 
like look into the dates and make sure like everything's aligned. Uh, so they, they, I just, this happened literally today. Uh, I would like to be there. Um, and I just want to make sure that, you know, it's, uh, not only good for myself, but also for my, for my colleagues as well. Of course. Of course. Uh, fatal HCS at UGC. What was your favorite event to cast that wasn't halo and why? Uh, favorite event to cast that wasn't halo. Um, that's a hard one. Boy, oh boy. Uh, I've had a few, I would say my favorite thing I've ever done, uh, that wasn't a halo event would probably have to be the CEO New Japan wrestling event that I had a chance to commentate. Wrestling event. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It was my first ever pro wrestling live call. And uh, I got the call, Kenny Omega and Kota Ibushi, the Golden, the Golden Brothers in a, in, in a, or the Golden Dragons, I believe was what they went by at the time. Um, okay. Yeah, there was a tag team and it was so sick. It was like New Japan pro wrestling, great promotion. Kenny Omega was a champion at the time. And it was just, it was super sick. That was like one of the best, best events I ever did. Uh, but that was non-rest, non-gaming. Um, mm. As far as uh, uh, gaming is concerned, one of my favorite events that I've ever done as a caster or as a host, or it doesn't matter. I don't I, know. I'm not looking at the chat right now, but if he is interacting with you, then I, he didn't say. Yeah, he didn't say. Uh, yeah. I probably, uh, you know, I would have to say um, the Overwatch World Cup Sydney event mm -hmm. that we did when we went to Australia, I'd never been to Australia, but also that crowd was insane. And that was kind of like the beginning of uh, Golden Boy as a, as a desk host in Overwatch. And that was yeah. really fun. Definitely an important moment. But you even jumped into the, the Ninja New Year's party as well. That, I don't know how big that was for you, but that was kind of an exciting thing to watch. Yeah, it was fun to do that one too. You know, yeah. a little all over the place, but <laughs> yeah, it was, you know, it was cool to party with my wife in Times Square and, and my buddy Ghost and just hang out and stuff. So that was fun. Yeah. Um, and then I'm hasty. What's the next big step for esports at Golden Boy? That's a that's a broad question. Um, yeah. But I think you know the the next big step, and I know that this may ruffle some feathers, but I do believe localization is going to be pretty big. Uh, you look at the different arenas that are popping up all over the country now, right. and also because of Overwatch League, more and more are going to be popping up. And you know, I talk with the NYXL people a lot out here in New York. And they told me that one thing that they want to do is they just want to activate events for as many games as possible and get as many of the locals, but also just attract as many people as they can. Right. So I think we're going to start to see more and more events pop up because they want to create business and they want to get people to engage with these venues. Uh, Fusion <laughs> Arena is a good example of 3,500 people, excuse me, 3,500 people that will fit into that arena. And they're not always just going to, I can imagine that they're not just going to do Philadelphia Fusion games, right? Why right. can't the Fusion Arena host a Counter-Strike tournament? Why can't the right, Fusion right. Arena host a Halo <laughs> tournament? I think that that is, uh, I think that that is where, where we're going. And it's going to be very interesting, but I think localization is pretty, pretty big, pretty big. That's actually super exciting. I hope that happens more in Canada because I'm here in Toronto and that's there's just isn't much of that yet. But getting some venues you know, dedicated you got the to Defiant out there, you got Toronto Defiant. We do. They we do have the. Arena too. We have a pretty big team, and yeah, they they got a lot in the works. And then uh, we're getting esports bars as well, which has been coming up in the past yeah. couple of years. So we have uh, something called Raiders Esports Center that now became uh, the Hive, but it's a, a massive venue just dedicated to gaming, esports, drinking, having a fun time. You got like a, like a land center in the back there, and then you can even have live tournaments, small scale yeah. tournaments at the venue. So stuff like that, really exciting for people wanting to get into esports. And I think one of the biggest ways is to go to local events and and to try to you know get your hand in some of these opportunities. So. Uh, that's very exciting. Totally agree. Um, 
All right, we have our last question here from Squirrel Boy 408 What do you think about Halo Battle Royale? I got to have one of those in there. <laughs> uh, as a, I consider myself a fan of Battle Royale, I love Battle Royale games, um, and it's a no brainer. You know, Halo Battle Royale would just be amazing, it'd be so fun to play. I would like it personally, but if that's not something that 343 are going to do, and I totally respect their decision, it, it is hard, right? Because they have a game that you know, hopefully he's going to come out relatively soon. Hopefully we can learn more right. information about it. They don't miss the wave, yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, it is possible to, to okay. totally miss the wave. I'd rather them just stay the course, build a good game, build something that we want to play for years right. and years, uh, and, and also something that feels fresh. Uh, I know that sounds weird, but I, I kind of have to compare it to, you know, something like, uh, like when I talk about Halo 5, Halo 5 is... Halo 5 kind of just like felt dated after a little while, right? But yet, mm. I don't understand why, but visually speaking, Halo 3 still looks freaking good to this yeah. day. Like, yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah. what it is. I, it doesn't make any sense, yeah. right? It, because It stands Halo out as authentically Halo 2. Like, it just really looks different from other titles, I think. Yes, it, it truly <laughs> does. And and I actually, like, made this comment on the Beyond forums because I said, like, you know, I don't know what it is about Halo 3, but it still, to this day, looks good. But you look at yeah. Halo 2, it doesn't look nearly as good. And <laughs> no, even Halo 5. Halo 5 feels like really like like dated, like the visuals. And, and, and that game came out, you know, a little while ago. Yeah, sure, there's some elements that like, you know, obviously look better, character models and stuff like that. Right, right. But in a game like Halo, you're not really paying attention to all that as the action's like happening on screen. Like, can you imagine sure. if they did like a Halo 3 remaster where they just like, you know, took some of the grass textures and oh, made it look like grass and, yeah. and things like that. Like, yeah, that would look incredible. Unbelievable. Um, yeah. So I think that, uh, yeah, I, I I want them to make a game that I think will really stand the test of time, that will age really well, something that we could play for a very long time, you know. And I know that's something that they want to do, and I just right. hope that I hope that they find the they find what they're looking for, creatively speaking. And I hope that right. they don't just repel the people that want a a a classic experience. Um, you know, yes, there are there have been advancements in gaming and. You know, I look at something like Big Team Battle, for example, and one of right. the things that stood out to me immediately when we were running through Avalanche was like, holy crap, this map is huge, <laughs> and I feel like I'm running, like, I feel like I'm walking. Right. Like, this is massive. Yeah. So I understand why the need for something like Sprint, you know, would be important in, in right. a game, uh, but I would really hope that they kind of consider, like, what their arena experience is going to look like and then what their big right. team battle experience is going to look like. Right. It's okay for us to have like different kinds of flavors of the game. Let's just let yeah. like give us something. Give us give us all the tools to like mess around with and let let the community like build around that too, right? Yeah. I hope that's what we do. Yeah, I, they've got they've got a lot of pressure on their shoulders. Uh it's it's a difficult decision for them to make really and do. I'm really just hoping whatever they create is a platform that's very easily scalable. So, like whatever they create, it's very easy to update to add new features, like like a service to continue to, well, to I hope tweak that's and why provide they call it, it. Halo Infinite. I hope that's why they right, call it Halo right. Infinite because infinite it is truly time, something that will be infinite, that <laughs> exactly. it will last us forever. I'm yeah. hoping that that is the reason why it's called that. And it's not just marketing speak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so much. So much we expect from this game, and and I just hope it follows through, man. I think that if it does, then Halo will come back in a massive way. I think everybody's ready for a big Halo. I think all the biggest streamers like Ninja and Summit, uh, if they jump on it, it, it blows up in seconds. And I think they're ready for an arena-style shooter once again. So well, I know Summit's going to play time. Halo no Summit's matter what. Summit's been talking about it. He's been talking about it, I know. 
So yeah. uh, that's that's really exciting stuff, and I think it only means good things for the future of the franchise. And and yeah, man, I think that closes uh, everything I, I wanted to ask you today. Thank you so much for joining me, man. Always an honor and a pleasure. Yeah, man, same here, dude. And thank you to UGC. Obviously, I want to give a shout out to UGC. You know, I pay attention to everything that happens in Halo, and I think it was just announced that like, you guys talked about it that UGC will be helping with the online qualifiers for DreamHack. Uh, I think that's huge. Uh, UGC really are the real ones. They they've stuck with our community for such a long time and i give them all the credit in the world so big thank you uh to ugc for doing that and also for letting you uh you know i do know show. I, was, I was gonna say thank you as well like i would not be here if it wasn't for ugc so man's killing they're killing it over there man yeah man <clears throat> awesome yeah. thank you so much for joining me anytime buddy and that closes our show for today. Thank you guys for tuning in once again. Such an awesome time being able to talk with Golden Boy and share our views for the week. And of course, that will continue onward next week. But before we close today, remember, guys, you can buy the merch as well. Tony, feel free to show that. There you go. Our, our lovely merch, everything that you buy here not only supports the show, it supports myself as well. And as usual, I would highly appreciate that. Thank you once again for tuning in. Make sure to tune in next week. We got more HCS Weekly coming right up.